0: In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
1: When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to
0: try to look for a therapist to help me with that.
1: My relationship with my family and with my
0: boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, visit BetterHelp.com stuff today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash stuff. Brought to you by the all new 2014 Toyota Corolla. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles B. Chuck Bryant. Guest producer Noel is hanging out with us for today. Noel, and uh, that makes this Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. That's right. I gotta come up with something different to, to call it, so we should know the podcast. It's boring.
0: We're the explainerators. <laughs> it's an infocast. right?
1: I don't know. Podcast it, is what it is. Entertainment. Chuck,
0: yes. Do
1: you know of a man named James Earl Ray?
0: Yeah. He's yeah. A jerk.
1: Yes, I saw him. I saw him referred to as dim-witted. Oh, really? Yeah, which makes his escape pretty thrilling and yeah. suspect, really. Well, let me give you a little background. So James Earl Ray was a uh, Missouri prison escapee when he rolled into Memphis to assassinate Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. Who was in Memphis to support the sanitation workers strike there in 1968. Uh, and James Earl Ray got a room across the street from the Lorraine Hotel where yeah. MLK was staying, apparently published in the papers, not only where he was staying but his room number which i guess was custom at the time actually from what i understand it was customary okay it wasn't unheard of uh and james orway got a room found out that he had a decent shot at um, the balcony outside of king's room if he leaned out of the bathroom the shared bathroom of his communal hotel and um shared bathroom
0: huh
1: shared bathroom down So somebody
0: could have gone in and been like oh sorry sir Pretty much. I didn't see you in here with that rifle. With that
1: huge hunting rifle, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he he got a shot off. He killed MLK, and he ran out of the the this place that was referred to as a flop house, and he left behind valuable evidence with his prints on it, namely the rifle, bundle of his clothing, and some other stuff that they used to create a trail for James Earl Ray. Got a name. Eventually, got a picture. And James Roway made it out of Memphis. Yeah. And he actually made it to Canada and he made it to uh, Portugal and then the UK. Yeah. Uh, and the way he made it was under uh, an assumed passport, which for a dimwitted Missouri prison escapee, a, a forged passport, that's pretty heavy stuff.
0: Yeah. I think it was probably easier back then.
1: Well, okay. You know. He was traveling under the name George Ramon Sneed, right? Yes. And they found out that he was traveling under that name because Canadian police, after being contacted by uh, American authorities with a picture of James Earl Ray, went through about 150,000 passports that they had accepted. I guess they had copies of them. Yeah. <laughs> how I think about it? Uh And then finally found one that looked like James Earl Ray. Uh, found out that the person traveling under that passport was, in fact, at Heathrow Airport, or in London. Yeah. And when he went to Heathrow Airport, they apprehended him, and he said, You got me. I'm James Earl Ray, and I killed MLK.
0: I imagine that was tough, because everyone back then looked like James Earl Ray. Yeah, pretty much. You know? All those dudes looked the same back in the 50s. Mm -hmm. Um, Although this was the 60s. But he still looked like that in the 50s. (laughs) He looked (laughs) 50s-ish. He did. Uh, And he confessed, and then later on, of course uh recanted and said no i was part of a a plot and a conspiracy um and they said
1: t.s well actually the king family said you know what we think this guy's telling the truth sure and they got a uh, new trial brought and um he died in prison before he could
0: be brought to trial again yeah in the late 90s yeah and then you two wrote a song about it what song it was the song uh pride in the name of love Oh yeah, early morning, April fourth. Right, right. So yeah,
1: but that came before James Earl Ray.
0: Yeah, and what do you mean?
1: You said, and then you two wrote. I, it was just miscommunication. <laughs> you confused me for a second.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if it was early morning either. For I think, for some reason, I always heard that Bono got that one wrong. Oh really? Yeah, I'll have to look that up. I'm not sure what time it was. Yeah, I'm sure we could find out. But Bono would then say that morning is like a state of mind or something. <laughs> right, exactly. <You> know? <laughs> I'm cool. I got on blue sunglasses always.
1: So um, the Humphrey James Earl Ray is just one example. History is littered with manhunts. And what's strange about that is that no manhunt really resembles other manhunts.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. Like, you can hole up in the woods for years and then eventually get caught. Or if you're Whitey Bulger... You can go out in your driveway in Santa Monica and get caught. Like, I guess, uh, no manhunt is the same because no going on the lamb is the same. Some prefer hide in plain sight deal. Some prefer the middle of the woods. Some people prefer, you know, Bolivia. Sure. You know? Nazis. What would you do? If I were on the run? Yeah, on the lamb. I would, I would probably be a woodland creature. I, I don't know,
1: but even if I did know, I wouldn't say on the podcast because that'd be pretty dumb if, <laughs> in case I ever do need to go on the lamb in the future.
0: Although the hide and plain sight thing is, there's something to be said for that. Sure. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to get some plastic surgery done in this day and age.
0: Yeah. Or just mess your face up a little bit.
1: Well, actually with Whitey Bulger, he was on the lamb with his longtime girlfriend, Kath- Catherine uh, Grieg, I believe her name was. And she had extensive plastic surgery. Um, and Which had nothing to do with being on the lam. <laughs> they well, they um, she they she actually got them found. Oh, really? Yeah. They they, are so Whitey Bulger was on the lam for 16 years, right? Yeah, it's and pretty good. It, it was. He was up there with Osama bin Laden as one of America's most wanted fugitives. Um, there was a million dollar bounty on it. Said it was big time. And the, whenever they found out that he had been somewhere. Or they thought he was somewhere. They, the FBI would take out 30 second commercials on TV yeah. saying, Have you seen this man? Have you seen this woman? This woman's known to frequent hair salons. Uh, this guy's Whitey Bulger. You know, call the FBI if you see him uh, in the area during times when his girlfriend's demographic yeah. would be watching TV. Oh, sure. So this served a twofold purpose. One, if she saw it and he saw it, then it would scare him. And hopefully flush them out of hiding because it's a lot easier to catch somebody out in the open.
0: Yeah, which is a common tactic.
1: Right. Uh, or two, the people that she might be friends with and associate with could be watching TV at the time and drop a dime on her. And in fact, that's what happened.
0: Someone like some lady who gave her a pedicure?
1: At a hair salon. Really? Called and said, uh, I think this woman that you're looking for is here and this is her address. And the cops went to the uh, to the apartment and mm-hmm. said, uh, sir, it looks like somebody broke into your... Um, your storage unit here around the corner. And Whitey Bulger steps outside and they go, clink, clink. <laughs> why, why did they even say that? Could they not go inside or something? I, I guess they didn't have enough probable cause. They had to lure
0: him outside. <laughs> I love that that's okay. Right. It's not okay Deception. to come in, but it's okay to lie and say that right. your storage unit's busted into. Yeah. I'm surprised he fell for that, too. Yeah, I'm you know? sure he is, too. He might have gotten lazy after 16 years.
1: I don't think so, man. I think he was really wound up pretty tight. I read an, um, a long form article by a neighbor of his, a young guy who like befriended him over the years. And he said he was wound up real tight, always on the lookout. Did he write a book? Seem
0: cagey. He will. Called like neighbor to the mob. Pretty, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> it'll start
0: Matthew Modine. Yeah. If I lived next to Whitey Baldrad, that book would be on the shelves right now. Sure. Uh, and it would be called neighbor to the mob. <laughs> Um, oh, I wonder what uh, uh, Aaron Cooper is going to make now. <laughs> so who else? we got John Wilkes Booth. He famously uh, went on the lamb for a pretty short time after he shot Lincoln. Twelve days. And uh, ended up in a farmhouse where there's all kinds of stories on how he might have died, whether he was burned alive or whether he was truly rooted out by the fire and then shot. Did um, he die instantly? Did yeah. he
1: linger for a while?
0: But either way, manhunts have been around as long as – People have been killing people.
1: Yeah, and there are some principles that do kind of hold true for all manhunts across the board. And pretty much one of them is get the public involved. Yeah. Because when you do that, time and time again, manhunts have shown that, like, somebody out there has seen this person recently and will call, right?
0: Especially these days with technology, with, like, everyone having a camera in their pocket, basically. Right or sharing on social media, or being up to the second with news reports. It's like it's made manhunts easier. Yes.
1: And then the other factor uh, that makes for a successful manhunt is uh, having a lot of people doing a lot of grunt work. Like yeah. the Canadian officials going through all of those passports to try to find one that looked like James Earl
0: Ray. Yeah, I wonder how many people they uh, visited before him. <laughs> Like the other 12 guys that look just like James R.A. Yeah. Like, it's not me.
1: All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice.
0: That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. That's right, there's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!
1: Hey everybody, it's time you heard about Squarespace. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own website, whether it's an online course or custom merch. So, all right, Chuck, so let's say that uh somebody's on the run in the united states okay, and it's not a it's not a big deal, it's not necessarily a national manhunt um it's a it's a regional manhunt, we'll say,
0: okay, like someone knocked off a liquor store and shot somebody and was on the loose, yeah, in a neighborhood
1: you want to find that guy. What do you do? Well, I'm glad you asked because I've done this. <laughs> yeah. With mirrored sunglasses on. And yeah. Like a bloodhound.
0: The first thing you gotta do, my friend, is contain the area. It's called containment. And, um, it sounds just like what it is. You are basically trying to seal off an area and watch all the possible exits from that area. Um, if it's a neighborhood, I guess you're gonna just pick out a certain amount of blockage and shut it down and have cops posted it each street exit right, and just know that we have at least this area completely contained if this dude is in here. And we're going to say guys because how many times do women do stupid stuff like this and go on the lam? Not much. <laughs> you know?
1: Sure. Have you not heard of Thelma and Louise?
0: <laughs> That's like the one thing.
1: <laughs> so um, if you do have an area contained, what you want to do is not just not let anybody in or out without finding out if it's the person you're looking for. Yeah. You also probably want to go door to door and say, hey, are you being held hostage right now? Did some guy with a gun come into your basement window recently? Uh, And that's what they did, actually, with a 20-square block area um, when they were searching for the Boston Marathon bombers.
0: Yeah. Should we talk about those guys real quick? Sure. They were jerks, too. Yeah. Uh, The Saranef brothers, um, they uh, blew up a couple of pressure cookers, fashioned into bombs mm-hmm. at the finish line of the Boston Marathon. And the FBI got on it pretty quick with um, getting photos released of who they thought these guys were, which turned out to be really key because uh, after a kind of a crazy scene where one of them was shot and killed by the police, like throwing bombs at the cops. Yeah. And I mean, then it was quite a scene. Run over by his brother. And then uh, the one, I guess, is that Zokar? The D is silent, right?
1: Yeah, Jokar or Jokar. Jokar. I think.
0: He is the one that ended up in a residential neighborhood hiding in a boat under a tarp. Yeah. And he was they sniffed him off the case with some <laughs> uh infrared imaging. And basically it was like Predator. They were like, There's a guy in that boat because I see his red body breathing.
1: Right. So the reason that they found out that the dude was in the boat was because the person who owned the boat was under in this area, under the security lockdown in containment, yeah, um, and was well aware, thanks to the local news and social media and everything else, that they were looking for this guy. So when he saw that there was a dude in his boat, yeah, he called the cops. That's how the cops found suspect number two in the Boston bombing case, right?
0: I bet that was a rush for that guy. I I, I, I read about like what he said. I think he was kind of scared. I'm sure. I um, mean, because it's pretty obvious, like. You see a guy, there's a lockdown in your neighborhood, and you see a guy go climb under your boat tarp in your backyard. You're right. like, that's him. Yeah. You know?
1: Bleeding guy. I think he was bleeding at the time.
0: Even more reason.
1: So with, with Boston, Boston's a great case um, because it's recent. Everybody knows about it. But because it has, like, so many different points to it that really kind of give you an idea of what a manhunt consists of. So you've got containment. You've got a door-to-door search. You've got – um the uh, public transportation being shut down yeah that was a big one that's sure. part of containment as well
0: yeah they set up a no fly zone uh they closed the schools they closed they shuttered businesses it was basically the biggest shutdown of a major us city in history
1: right If people who were in the containment area were asked to not leave their house that horrid newspeak shelter in place yeah yeah term uh that sounds like
0: You should be in a corner, like, hugging yourself.
1: Shelter in place. (laughs) Yeah. I remember a tweet from Dr. Ruth while that was going on. She's saying, hey, if you're having the shelter in place, maybe now's a good time to turn off the TV and get intimate with your loved one. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't
0: believe it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, They say they're still counting up the monies, but um, it's tallying up to over a billion dollars for that manhunt.
1: What? Isn't that crazy? Somebody's milking that. You got to think. Billion dollars.
0: I got a little sidebar. Let's hear it. Not on a manhunt, but uh President Obama came through my neighborhood uh a few months ago, like um on his way to uh school in Decatur for something. Cool. And literally drove like down the block from my house. The motorcade did. Did you run out to him? (laughs) Well, no, you can't. That's that's my point. Like my friend uh you remember Chris Cox. His wife we ended up being stuck at the same intersection and her house was Across the street, like 40 feet away, uh-huh. she's like, sir, that is my house. I have a babysitter there. I'm paying, like, can I just walk across the street? And he was like, nope. No. He would not let her walk across the street and enter her own home.
1: You have no rights. The president is on your street.
0: Yeah, and he wasn't even. It took like another half hour. And she's like, I really just need to walk right there. And he wouldn't allow it. Huh. So that's some serious lockdown. right? And I guess that, the point is when the government wants to lock you down, they can lock you down. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah. Um so, Chuck, uh, you do have rights, however.
0: Well, yeah, that's a good segue, I guess.
1: Um, it was a great segue, buddy. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if you're in, if you're being told not to leave your house, first of all, you can technically leave your house. Can you? I think you just, your risk of being shot at by the police go through the roof. Maybe. So that's a pretty good reason not to leave your house. Um, just out of common sense. You can be enraged all you want. Indoors. Well, just like any other night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the police can't just come busting down your door saying, is he in here? No? Okay. Let's go kick down the next door. Uh, they can knock and say, can we come in and look? And you can yeah. say, yay or nay. Um, if they have probable cause... Say one of them saw the suspect run into your house, they can go in after him without asking you.
0: Yeah, or if they're creeping around your backyard and peeking in your windows, which they can do legally. Yeah, the cops. Yeah, they can, um, they could, you know, see somebody they think looks like the suspect and say that's probable cause.
1: There's a, there's a loophole big enough to drive like an armored truck through if you're not picking up on that.
0: Yeah, if they uh, need to provide emergency services, they can do that.
1: Yeah, they can say, oh, we thought you you needed CPR. We're glad to see you're okay. And now that we're in your house, we're looking around.
0: Or another big loophole is the uh, exigent circumstances, um, which, I don't know, in the case of Boston, they could probably barge into anyone's home and uh, be covered under that one.
1: Yeah, that's basically like there, we're, there's a state of emergency going on. Like the, the civil law is just out the window because the situation is so dire. And, yeah, they argued that this guy was running around with explosives. That's an emergency. Sure. As far as I know, they didn't, like, go into any houses unbidden, though.
0: Yeah, and we're not trying to say, like, in a case like that, like, bust down some doors, you know? Like, I'm not saying, like, cops shouldn't be doing this stuff. Well, there were, no. like, two bombers on the loose, so I get it. Even still, the cops don't want to bust down a door because
1: they're going to have to prove exigent cir- circumstances. And yeah. if they can't, then any evidence that they, uh, they got from an unlawful search is out the door. And so
0: their case could be as well. Yeah. You got to be careful with stuff like that. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is have your perp walk. You like how this cop speak? Walk. Yeah. If your perp walks because of, uh, bad, uh, <laughs> bad evidence, yeah. then you're going to be, uh, what's, uh, what's it called when the cop gets 86th? 86th. Suspended without pay. I'm feeling like we're channeling the TV show episode. We. Oui. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you're like, we had a TV show? Yeah. There's <laughs> zoned out about that. Um, okay. Where are we then?
1: Well, I was saying that one of the hallmarks of a good manhunt is having a lot of people doing a lot of work. And, again, Boston was a good example of that. You had a lot of different law enforcement agencies, basically ones you hadn't even heard of, all ponying up personnel.
0: Yeah, I mean you're going to get state cops, local cops, sheriffs, FBI, and that that's for a case like that. Or, obviously, if it's something like UBL, then – Everyone's seen Zero Dark Thirty, or if you haven't, you should. You've got, like, thousands of people over a decade no, was, all over the world working together. It was just that one lady. <laughs> well, it was just the one lady, the pretty uh, redhead. <laughs> so um, the the author
1: of this article makes a pretty good point that during a manhunt, there is such a thing as um, what in police speak would be called collateral damage, I guess. Sure. Um Like the LAPD search for Christopher Dorner is a very good example of this. You remember that case?
0: Yeah, man, that was freaky.
1: Yeah. There's like, there's a Facebook page that's 20,000 plus people strong that says it's called We Stand with Christopher Dorner. Oh, really? Yeah, because he left behind. So he was an LAPD officer who was fired for making a false accusation against another cop. Right. When he reported that a cop he was working with. Kicked a homeless man during an arrest.
0: But that was false.
1: It was found false and he was fired as a result. Right. From his perspective, if you see it through his, through his eyes, that was all just a huge cover up and they got rid of the troublemaker who was not, you know, going with the flow on the force. The LAPD covering up (laughs) malfeasance? Right. That's weird. So he leaves this like angry manifesto about, you know, how the LAPD is the most corrupt organization on the planet and it's racist and, um, uh, there's a, a lot of people out there who are like, I know this to be true because yeah. I've I've been on the wrong end of a nightstick with the LAPD.
0: I've seen L.A. Confidential. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's in the 40s. Yeah, I mean, it's that's – I know they've cleaned it up a lot, but that is one department in this country that's been fraught with allegations. Yeah,
1: and his point was they haven't cleaned it up a lot. They've yeah. just gotten better at PR. So he, he goes on – he takes that manifesto and ends up going on an assassination killing spree. Killing cops. Yeah. He killed um, the woman who represented him in his case, who was the daughter of a cop. Um, and, and it was
0: announced. Like, that's what was so scary about it was like, he was like, hey, I'm coming to kill cops. Exactly. He was and on you, a, a, you're not going to see me coming either. He was on a rampage. Yeah, it was scary stuff.
1: So the LAPD is super jumpy at this point, And yeah. they fire on not one, but two cars that don't have Christopher Dorner in them. Killed two people. Unbelievable. Uh, as a result, and um, finally, there's a standoff after they find him, thanks to some uh, park rangers in Big Bear or Big Sur, one of the two. I had Big Bear. Big Bear. Yeah, and uh, he ends up setting his the cabin he's in on fire and <laughs> perishing in flames. That was crazy. But the 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 fact is, two two different cars were shot on by the LAPD um, during the search for this guy. Um, so it, it these aren't just necessarily clean affairs, same yeah. with bin Laden. you know this was part of a campaign that took place over a very long time, yeah, and a lot of people were killed to weaken the structure that was hiding him still,
0: yeah, drone strikes, yeah, out the wazoo uh they used some pretty interesting tactics too that were not in the movie um even though i've I've heard the movie is pretty accurate, but uh they didn't include everything, obviously. They sent a doctor in, a CIA guy, who conducted an immunization drive in the neighborhood where they believed his compound was there yeah. and basically hoping to come across DNA from him or his family under the guise of a blood drive.
1: Right. It was a immunization drive. drive. Yeah. They didn't
0: call it like, hey, it's a DNA collection right. drive. But there there was a a big
1: public outcry, especially from the vaccine establishment, saying, like, dude, you can't do that because now...
0: Our name is on that vaccine. Right. And the yeah. next
1: time we want to have a real vaccine drive, no one's going to show up and our vaccination people are going to get killed because they're going to think they're CIA. Yeah. There's a big... That's big, a beef.
0: A big hubbub about that. That's legit. Um, These days, it's tough, especially if you're in a city like London, England, to do anything without being caught on a closed-circuit camera. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's how they eventually identified with the help of um, actually one of the victims in Boston. Uh, they were on camera too. But if you're in a big city, it's tough to get away with anything these days. Uh, cameras are everywhere. Uh, they also have, um, I mentioned the um, infrared device, the forward-looking infrared device, um, night vision. You've got all sorts of tricks up your sleeve. As, uh, law enforcement agencies, you think you're hiding in a boat under a tarp, and it's pretty safe. You don't think about the dude with the predator camera mm-hmm. that can see you from, you know, 50 feet away breathing heavily. Right. Um, they also have like armor trucks. I think you mentioned those. Yeah. Even not even about this. Like from Die Hard. Yeah. And you see those things roll in. Like I'm sure they love to play with those once a year.
1: Again, that was LAPD.
0: Yeah. But those are very expensive. And, um, but they do come in handy. I guess about once a year, <laughs> if you can afford it, if your town's large enough.
1: Uh, we should say that um, there was facial recognition software that they had working on the video for the Boston bombing, and it did not work.
0: Yeah, we have an article on that, by the way. I think we should cover that at some point. Facial recognition? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Should That's cool. scary stuff. Apparently, Google has one that like they won't, they won't release to the public. Oh, really? Because they're afraid of the use it'll be put to. It's <laughs> like that good.
0: Wow. And that potentially bad. But the one the CIA has doesn't work that well? <laughs> I,
1: I, I can see Google having way better yeah. uh, algorithms than the CIA. That's true. So, Chuck, another um, aspect of Boston search, the Boston manhunt, yeah. was the use of social media for good and ill, um,
0: or did good effect and bad, I should say. Yeah, uh, getting the word out on Facebook and Twitter is not a bad idea.
1: Yeah, well, the – Reddit was kind of the star of the show or the scapegoat, I should say, for um, social media in the search for the Boston bombing suspects because there were apparently like a couple thousand stills, video stills and photographs from the area around the time of the bombing posted on a Reddit subreddit. Yeah. And um, all of these people were like combing through them like they were trying to crowdsource this manhunt.
0: Yeah, which is a good intention.
1: Yeah, they were looking for suspects. This is before anybody ever released any official photos. Um, And that in and of itself is kind of a good idea. Sure. But it went a step further where the people on Reddit were saying, um, okay, I've got it figured out and it's this person. Yeah. And they would name a suspect and all of a sudden there's a rumor out there that this person bombed the Boston Marathon. Yeah. Even though they hadn't. Um, so so Reddit took a lot of heat for that, and I, apparently they even took that forum down. Um, but social media also helped in a lot of ways because everybody was totally connected to this manhunt and yeah. had complete up-to-the-date information, yeah. up-to-the-minute information from within that containment area, from ev- everywhere, and I guess kind of helped a little more than just passively watching television during a manhunt.
0: Yeah, that's the you know? point. One of my favorite manhunts, and this is weird to say that, but um, actually, you know what? Let's take a break. I'm going to tease that, <laughs> and I'm going to reveal my favorite manhunt after the break. Nice. Stuff know.
1: All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. You don't become a part of the island. It becomes a part of you.
0: That's right. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Okay, so. Who is it? It's the Unabomber.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. That's Kaczynski
0: uh, was on the lam for 18 years. Uh, one of the lengthiest manhunts in U.S. history. Not easy to hide out for that long. Um, and he did it, which uh, he did it in the wild of Montana, which is pretty good idea, I guess, if you're going to hide out. Just drop off the map. Yeah, type manifestos. Actually, Montana, they should have been looking there. <laughs> like, they should have been going there first. But um he uh, mailed 16 bombs over the course of quite a few years and ended up killing three people, wounding 23 more. And, uh, had a million dollar bounty on his head. One is, uh, was one of the most wanted. And eventually he was rooted out by his own brother who read one of the manifestos and said, that sounds like Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> and went to the cops and said, hey, this guy might be my brother. Um, the writing style, the things he's saying, like, it very well could be my brother. And it turned out that was him.
1: Right. So which is another case, another point for the case that for a manhunt to work, you have to get the public involved, and they did so by publishing these manifestos and said, anybody familiar with this? Yeah. And the guy's brother said, yeah, me. Yeah, same
0: with uh, Eric Robert Rudolph. Yeah. Is that his name? I don't remember how they caught him. Uh, I believe it was Hikers in the Woods Okay. turned him in. I might be wrong, but he was definitely hiding out in the woods, and he was, of course, the Olympic bomber, um, not the guy they originally pinned it on, which was pretty sad. Right. What
1: was his name? Uh, oh, Richard Jewell.
0: Yeah, man. I felt so bad for that dude. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, life ruined.
1: Yeah, and they they uh, compensated him pretty handsomely afterward, but then he How only much? lived a couple, oh, several really? million. Oh, he died? Yeah,
0: he died of a heart attack a few years after that. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. It's because he's like, I'm eating steak and lobster every night now. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me the drawn butter. Poor Richard Jewell. Yeah, I didn't know he died.
1: Yeah. Um, And then, so... Back to online, real quick. Um, there's, there's evidence that you can crowdsource a manhunt. Yeah. There's a whole group of people that live online that are into true crime that are, that like use their interest in their online search skills to try to find the identities of like long lost serial killers. And there's all sorts of online manhunts that amateurs take on. Uh, and apparently the State Department held something called the uh, Tag Challenge yeah. where they had people hiding in cities around the world. And people had 12 hours, online contestants had 12 hours to find them in like these five different cities. That's fun. Using just mug shots. And it worked. Huh. So it, they found that with a search, as time becomes more of an essence, like yeah. as, as, as the pressure mounts, people stop just shooting the info out to wherever they can and start like really targeting, focusing their search. Yeah. And once you have a bunch of people doing that who are really focused and searching, but a lot of them and sharing information like on social media, that's when they, uh, like a search, and not just a manhunt or a yeah. search for a person, but a search for anything um, becomes uh, most successful, I guess.
0: Well, yeah. Imagine in Boston, I bet every. Uh, Thousands of people in that 20 square block radius are looking out of their window. Oh, yeah. For this dude. Yeah. So you've got thousands and thousands of more eyeballs. That's two eyeballs per person in most cases. Unless you're one of those weird pirates, (laughs) Boston pirates. (laughs) Right. And that's just, that helps, you know? Yeah. As long as they're not out, uh, don't grab their guns and, you know, get in position. Oh well, yeah, that's scary.
1: Well, that's why they released the pictures of the suspects finally, because they were trying to to crack down on online vigilantism yeah. that could lead to real life vigilantism.
0: So. Yeah. So, uh, hats off to the dude who saw the dude in the boat.
1: <laughs> you got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Well, if you want to learn more about manhunts, you can type that word in the search bar. How stuff works. And since I said search bar, that means it's time for listener mail.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to call this chess, about chess, and I'm going to read a couple of them, not here, but one now and one another episode, because we got a lot of great feedback Okay. from chess enthusiasts. I noticed. People dig this game. Uh, this is from David Wagner. Hey, guys. Uh, while you were discussing the concept, uh, concept of castling, y'all said you didn't quite understand the value uh, or strategy behind it. You're right. It is all about protecting the king. Remember how you pointed out that you want to control the center of the board? Yes. That when your pieces are off to the side, they're not as strong? Yes. Well, that has a lot to do with why you want to castle. Uh, Basically, the king is more vulnerable, open to attacks, and has less protection when he remains in his original E or D square. So you want to castle him and get him away from those center squares. Gotcha. Uh, Also, you talk about the en passant rule, which is one of my favorites, and something I almost never pass up.
1: (laughs) You sound like P.B. Herman.
0: (laughs) Mostly because I get uh, because I rarely get a chance to implement it. Uh, it doesn't happen when a pawn passes another pawn, though, uh, on its first move out. It is when it lands next to another pawn that the latter pawn can capture it. So I think it's, we screwed that up a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
1: screwed it up big time.
0: Um, not big time. We were close.
1: No, I got that way wrong. Okay. Uh,
0: one last thing, and then I'll quit. Chess pieces, you're going to love this. Okay. And there's symbols on top. Uh, many of the basic pieces themselves serve as visual reminders of how they can move. For example, the knight is L-shaped, which is how it moves. The bishop's mitre has a diagonal slit in it. They move diagonally. Uh, the rook, when seen from above, can move in the basic cardinal directions, forward, back, left, right. And on top of the rook, there are turrets pointing in all the cardinal directions. Nice. A queen has many points on her crown, showing that she can go in any way, any direction. And that small little cross on top of the king lets you know how far he can go. Although that doesn't include his diagonal moves, which he can move in.
1: So that one, the whole theory kind of falls apart there. A
0: little bit. Um, But that is from David Wagner in Columbia, South Carolina.
1: Nice. Thanks a lot, David Wagner. That was a great email. Pleasant, approachable, uh, gentle with the correction. Just good stuff all around. You can dance to it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Way to go, Wagner. Uh, If you want to send us an email or reach out to us digitally, to say hello or whatever, you can tweet to us. Join us on Twitter at SYSK Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash know. Send us an email to stuffpodcast at discovery.com. And hang out at our awesome website. It's called stuffyoushouldknow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the all-new 2014 Toyota Corolla. Are you thirsty? Well, Richard's rainwater is caught clean before it even hits the ground. Rain is naturally pure, so there's no need for harsh chemicals or additives. Richard's rainwater contains no chlorine, no forever chemicals,